you're listening to the Rebel Scum Podcast. You are always scum. Rebel Scum. From odds making to list rankings, we've got you covered. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for early access and exclusive content. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. Hey James, what's a cycle? I, I've... You know, obviously, I've heard this several times in Star Wars, but with rewatching a lot of things on Disney Plus, I've noticed they mention that a lot cycle, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. I know it's like this amount of time, and I assume it's a day, but like sometimes it doesn't make sense. Or like it almost sounds like we've been here for a long period of time, not like if they say three cycles, which I would assume means three days. But then it sounds like they're also saying three weeks, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. What do you think? I don't know. Well, it sounds like they're doing laundry. Isn't that like a load of laundry is a cycle? Is that, <laughs> is that what it is? That's what I would get yeah. out of it. A tumble dry. Hey, tumble dry, yes, yes. I put mine on high heat, especially in this day and age. High, high heat. Gets rid of the ticks and the coronavirus, the COVID-19. COVIDs. Yeah, it does. does <laughs> you does. should put a, you should uh, put a hair dryer in your in your, your nasal. I box. do that. I went so I went out to the store today. I had to do uh, the groceries. My groceries. I do groceries now based on expiry date. I don't know if you do that now, but it's like oh well, it's all expiring. So I had to run out and get some groceries. And uh, when I got home, I immediately burned my clothes clothes and uh, bathed in holy water. Just another day, miss, typical day. Twenty days where we didn't talk about our daily lives on these podcasts. I think we always did, but that's what I did. I went out. I uh, I tried to find some Star Wars stuff, but all of those stores were closed. Actually, I was going to go to Walmart. <laughs> Star Wars stuff. I was like, I need the Star Wars merch, and I went. <laughs> I walked in. I went to a Walmart, and not for so. I actually had to go to Walmart, but they did the, the. They were at capacity, so there was like this long line to get in. And I said. I'm not going in there. So I ended up going to a Shoppers Drug Mart to getting what I need to get what I needed. They did not have Star Wars merchandise at the Shoppers Drug Mart. Um so I did not buy that there. Uh I bought something else there though. Eh, I don't know what it was. This is how I know this pandemic isn't that seriously. When you're out trying to buy Star Wars. I wasn't trying to get Star Wars merch. I'm trying to feed my family. <laughs> it's like I need the Star Wars merch. What do you got? What do you got? I uh, true story though. I got a, a little drone in the mail today. That came. I can't wait to go play with that. Like a little mini one, just for funsies. You know, just like a fun, a cheap. It's not like, like Star Wars drone. I'm like, oh, an actual drone. Yeah, no, an actual drone. It's not Star Wars. I, did I get anything Star Wars recently? No, no, I didn't. I reviewed. I reviewed this comic. Do you remember this one on Bright Suns the other day? Do you remember this comic? What comic? I can't. See oh yeah, Obi Wan and Anakin. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah, a good yeah, yeah. comic. I really like that one. I I suggest people to read that. Do you have anything that people while they're at home right now to read? Like anything that you'd be like, oh, you know, it's a good thing you could pick up on like a Kindle or on the Marvel Comics app or order off of Amazon or Indigo or or Barnes and Noble or whatever. Um, I'm trying to say think something that I haven't said before. Uh, go after Doctor Affer. That's a fun. Yeah, you're really on that boat. Are they on the but, app? Can uh, I go after? Can I read them on that app? Yeah, there should be. I mean, it might not be all of them. The The Marvel app sometimes is confusing, and I think I have technically two accounts, so I think half my comics are split, and, but <laughs> there's a fair amount there, so I might you might be have one issue or so missing. Uh, but 
I was thinking the other day, I think I was reading an article I was talking about Anakin, or no, sorry, it was the, the, talking about the legend of the Starkiller name, mm-hmm. talking about you know, the video game, that it was Luke's like original name, and then they use it in uh, the Dark Horse version of the Star Wars, George Lucas's first uh, script, and I was like, I should buy that whole series and reread it, because it is bonkers insane so yeah. that's that's like oh what the that's a good one yeah uh yeah i got uh just a couple that aren't star wars related i got a shout out to is one i gotta mention vagrant queen which is my almost brother-in-law's brother did the art on that so check that out the other one though is probably my favorite comic that i've ever read you gave me this for my birthday a f- years ago now trillium do you remember trillium uh, yeah. great yeah. that comic is uh I never, I've never heard anybody talk about it. It's very, very yeah. low key, low key. <laughs> um, and I, I remember you, you're like, you like it. And I read it, and it was, it's probably my favorite comic that I've ever read. It's just so good. I just love that uh, experience. So there Ontario's was sci fi. Ontario's own, uh, what's his face? <laughs> Ontario's what's his face? That's his name. Full it's my name. My favorite artist, uh, or artist slash writer. Um. Oh God. I don't have it on me. I wish I did. I could show everybody. Maybe I'll bring it next week and show everybody. Because it is—it's literally you were like read it and and what it is oh. is it's it's it's, it's sci-fi too, right? It's like, but it takes place yeah. in the past and the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they switch times, like the comic flips over. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. The one you got Jeff me. I, that's the that's yeah. The creator of that. What's it say it again? Jeff Lemire. He's Jeff from Lemire. Ontario. He lives in Toronto now. He works currently. I think he's working with. Marvel? He's done. He's worked both. He's one of those guys that like, he's very talented at what he does. He does art. He does the art, but he's also like a really great writer. I think mostly he does writing. Hmm. Uh, if you've ever heard of Descender or Ascender, he he does that with uh, Dustin Wen, and that's a really good sci-fi. That's a good. There we go. Good. Good thing you brought this up. Descender is a fantastic book, and if you're a Star Wars fan, you should check it out. It is done, and now it's become Ascender. Which has oh. become a fantasy thing, so and sci-fi to answer. Very good. Highly suggest. All right, I'm gonna check that out. Also, Saga. Saga's a good one too. Oh. We were at one of the Co- Toronto Comic Con Fan Expo, and you're like, James, this is it's like Star Wars. And I was like, what? And the yeah. and the vendor was like, he's right. And then uh, you picked it up for me, I think, and it's it's a great read also. They're on like a weird hiatus for the last year, and now it's even longer, but like that book is yeah so good it's insane yeah i have that one too that one is a again another good read so these are all sci-fi options if you flick oh. if you're just like I, I you know i'm i'm star wars though but i want to stick with sci- sci-fi fantasy these are just some options we can give you in the comic book world and 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 whatnot but i do want to throw to a clip for a second brack it's not our friend dan allen by the way him. yeah this is the rebel scum podcast <laughs> well, it's only 163 of these we should get <laughs> i'm brock i don't know who I, i've i don't know i've been in isolation forever i'm james 163 we still forget to say what you got give us a like and a subscribe yeah uh, we need to say that more often as well although although our friends in the chat are usually pretty good with that uh but every every day on uh bright suns we've had friends in the podcast and community come on and uh and kind of give what they've been doing during isolation but this one i have uh, somebody else that i want to show up it's uh my friend it's his son is the seven-year-old that i saw the rise of skywalker with 
and he just has a little message for what he's doing during isolation. And so, Brock, if you don't mind, I would like to play that clip right now. Do it. Okay, here it is. Steve. Greetings, Rebel Scum. It's Steve here, Karmicaholic on Twitter. And I just wanted to take this moment to check in and say I hope everybody's doing their best to stay healthy and to stay happy during this time of self-isolation and social distancing. Uh, it can be tough being cooped up in the house. Uh, we've been there for about 14 days now. I'm out for a walk right now in the, in the woods with my, my two kids. Um, just to kind of get out of the house and break up the monotony of Netflix and movies and homework and uh, fighting. <laughs> I got two boys and they fight. Um, but one thing I just wanted to say is it's been an amazing experience is watching the Star Wars movies with my kids because they are watching it for the very first time. And watching the movies through the eyes of a child is a totally different experience than watching it as an adult. Um, sometimes I think we tend to overanalyze or over critique and worry about things too much and it really takes away from some of the joy of the movies and watching it with my kids they're not worrying about what actor gets what screen time or what necessarily makes sense or what plots tie together in the end they are just seeing it for the first time and watching as true fans and it's just been a real j delight watching it and uh you know seeing how it sparks their creativity sparks their imaginations and Watching them fall in love with Star Wars is making me fall in love with Star Wars all over again. And it's just been a great experience. And I also want to say a big, big thank you to James, Brock, Andrew, Aaron, and the rest of the crew at Rebel Scum Podcast Network because you guys have been pumping out a lot of material for us. You've been doing a lot of videos and helping us keep entertained, helping us stay together. And as a community, I just want to say a big, big thank you and let the Rebel Scum Podcast Network know that we really appreciate everything that you're doing. And, uh, you know, things will get better. We will all get through this. Uh, but until then, keep up the great work, guys. And uh, I want to say a big thanks. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Yeah. Brock is more sincere than I am. <laughs> Steve is, is uh, losing his wits. He's at his wits end now. Watching Star Wars and Animal Crossing. He just had to get his kids Animal Crossing. They've become obsessed with it, watching their favorite YouTuber play it. And uh, so he was like, oh, I don't want to get it. But he had to. Uh, are you into Animal Crossing at all, Brock? Uh, no, I I respect it. I played it when it first came out for, I believe, <clears throat> the first one was Nintendo 64. I'm a big Harvest Moon Stardew Valley fan. So yeah. this that game kind of falls in that category. Yeah. But it never really grabbed my attention, though. Like, well, then if you know the 64 version, it was attempting to be what it is now. I think it was GameCube. I think it was both, though. It was the 64? I thought it was after. But wait, it might have been 64. You might be right. I remember it vividly no, on GameCube. Right. I can't. It might have been 64, but I do remember it vividly on GameCube. I had a roommate in college who was obsessed with yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I think GameCube is where it really it, took off, yeah. actually. I could never understand it. It's it's it wasn't my thing. I never figured it out. But it, I see. I go online and everybody's on into, into Animal Crossing, and it seems like yeah. like the perfect game for right to, now. For yeah, for this isolation that we're all in, it's like absolutely perfect. So kudos to yeah. Nintendo for timing that one. Although I have to say, it was kind of dumb that the GameStops and EV games were open for people to go oh, pick it up. And now, like, apparently GameStop is, like, slowly going out of business, but I'm yeah, like... They already were, I, I think. think I think, yeah, I was reading an article about it, and it was like, GameStop closes 300 stores yesterday, but then you keep reading, it's like, they did this last year, and I'm like, oh, so this has nothing to do with the coronavirus, but you are yeah, jumping on that jumping. panic button. 
Well, they said that they were an essential, and I understand that you need the entertainment oh, yeah, in your yeah. life. I totally get it. But the th- my feeling on Animal Crossing was they could have mailed that stuff to their. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or we're in the digital world right now, and being like, "Would you prefer a digital code or us mail you a copy? One or the other." And like, there's no like, no offense. I love EB Games. You know, I love EB Games. I just showed you the Han and Greedo that I got there for like forty nine cents. How? How is that? I don't know. Can you just give it to me? I know. It was so, they, get, they put things off for cheap, and you're like, why is this? I bought one thing there for 37 cents, and I couldn't figure it out. What? I know. And I'm like, How? I have to pay debit. They're like, that's fine. I said, all right. What? The, uh, <laughs> what? what? Okay, you you live in the woods. So you, you go to Peterborough. If People, I'm sorry if you don't know Kent or Ontario. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a smallish. It's not. Small. It's small enough. There's it's three. There. there is three liquor stores, so it's yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> like, like, I do not understand how they sold anything under a dollar there. Like, how? Uh, that must be like the like maybe that one is owned somewhat semi privately. You know what I mean? Where they kind of have control because like EB is like GameStop, where like they're kind yeah, of control. But you know what, what happened mean? was when they got rid of. Everyone's getting bored. When they got rid of five dollar Fridays, it came in this thing where it was just like everything was like a dollar or less. Yeah. Oh, so it's just okay. Kind of like throw, yeah. So, so I got uh, uh, Shira, uh, Chitara, and Panthro the same type of thing for a dollar. Yeah, yeah, that's on yeah. my desk at work. I thought about bringing it home when I went in, and I was like, that's contaminated. <laughs> so it's still there. <laughs> They're melting away. Uh, but yeah, it was just like ridiculous. But anyway, look, I love those stores. But the reality is, we live in a, in a time now when like as great as it to go in and buy these little knickknacks and whatever and getting a physical copy i know some people andrew fantasia and other people love getting the physical copies of things you can mail that out at this for this time they can ma- no you know what i mean <laughs> no no but if you if you oh, are someone you like, like physically send the, yeah the, if the, someone the, like yeah. andrew got and that like, wants the hardcover like the the whoever's getting the blu-ray of of Rise of Skywalker was just released yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Have yeah. it mailed to like if you if you're like I gotta go to the store to get it. Do you or can you just be like Walmart, Amazon, Best Buy, whoever mail yeah. that to me? And they all these companies. We just Aaron and I. We you know we like wine and we're like I'm like Ugh, do I have to go to the LCBO because yeah. you know the liquor store. We all the wineries in Ontario now pr- pretty much all of them the good ones anyway yeah. are doing free shipping on your order no minimum free shipping and that's how it should be right now because you know what they're gonna get your business it's you know like i'm a huge pokemon fan so i was super excited when sword and shield came out and i was like uh, i was tempted to like pre-order in the store and get all the exclusive thingies which are almost nothing but like i can understand when you're excited for a game that Going to the store and sort of standing in line is kind of part of the fun. But, like, the thing is, it's unsafe to go outside right now. So your yes. priority of getting it is insane. Like, Read the EV room. That should have been, like, we will give you a physical copy, but here's your digital download. Because it's, like, what's what's the big what's the big difference? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't or think just people- mail it to everybody. Like, just yeah. put it in the post. And dude, our good friend Heidi, she works, she's mailing right now. Yeah. I'm sure she doesn't want any more packages, but I'm sure she would prefer delivering it to your doorstep than you going out, hanging out yeah. with, you know, 15 other people. And who knows what anybody's touched. This yeah. is, you don't know what people have put their hands on. I, I order stuff on Amazon, like for games. It's just like, well, 
why why would i go to the store i mean i again i don't want to like make it's it's hard to not make the argument that like those stores don't need to exist because i will say something about gamestop that i'm surprised that they're not doing well it is a niche store but like they've pivoted a lot it seems like because but no see here's here's where i think of the difference lies though bro because we have eb games and they have gamestop but in yeah. but south of the border they also have FYE and Nerd whatever. Oh yeah yeah. Whereas yeah. we only have EB Games like uh, that's all of it for us. Think so, Geek you mean? Yeah, Think Geek. But like think so Geek I don't know because we don't have it. But we really Geek. only have um we only have the option of EB Games right. Hot Topic EB Games. There's not, but in the states there's like, you know every I'm sure every mall has three or four of those types of stores where GameStop isn't exactly the yeah. one that thrives. I'm just saying I have no idea. Because um, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, like, GameStop owns Think Geek, so they were kind of oh, well. smart. <laughs> Shows what I know. Thing. <laughs> All right. uh, you're not wrong, though. It's just like, yeah, because like if you go, I mean, I know this because it's the closest thing. Walden Gallery in Buffalo, it has like, it's like the nerd mm. walk where it's like FYE, yeah. Hot Topic, uh, GameStop, uh, what do you call it? Think Geek, and then uh, Box Lunch. Like... Bang, 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 bang. And, like, I won't lie. This, as much as you're like, that's yeah, competition, I will tell you I have gone to the store and I think bought something in each store. So it's like, yeah, there's There's a mall in, in Belleville. The only mall. It's kind of whatever. But they have, like, two or three of those types of stores in there. There's, like, a Is Sam the Record Man in there randomly. Is it called Quincy Mall? It's, yeah, that's the one. It's I don't yeah. I don't go there often, but I, when I went there, I think around Christmas time, I can't remember why we were there, but um, they had, they had like, Sam the Record, uh, Sam the Record Man, Sunrise, EB, and, like, something else. Like, some random, like, sort of sold, like, 3,000 Funko Pops. Nothing good. Like, all, like, you know, the regular... And but I went in all of them, right? You're going to go in those kind of stores, so it does make sense yeah. that they work. But I just think us versus them, Canada versus the U.S. In terms of that, is we don't have the options that they have, sure, so much. Um, but that's just me speaking from inexperience. But when you go there next time, please get me some more Dunkin' Donuts. I'm running low. All of our American friends, if you want to mail, can you mail across the border still? Are they allowed in that? If you can mail your Dunkin' Donuts with a Purell or Lysol wipe with it, everything has to be wiped down now. <laughs> I think we can. It just takes forever. It takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> like I ordered something on Amazon that was in the country, and it still took forever. So it's that's like, weird. I ordered off of Amazon. They're like, it, they told me it would take forever, and it came. It came two days later. It's weird. Like one day I I ordered it and had everything right away, and then uh, my roommate Daryl was like, "You're lucky you got that because apparently that uh, most of the stuff you just bought was non-priority." I'm like. But then, yeah, it is true. It's, it's like it's. I feel like they are over working overtime. That they like. It's like we can't guarantee when this is gonna. Re- and look, I was like, so I ordered on a Saturday, and they're like, it'll come on Wednesday and Friday. It was two things, right? Wednesday and Friday, and I said that's fine. Like I, I wasn't. I needed yeah. it, but I wasn't in immediate rush. And then it, one of them came on, I think the Monday or the Tuesday, and the other one came on the Wednesday. Or the, like it was like, oh, cool. I'm not gonna argue, but if like I have like exactly, if it's not a essential, I have no issue yeah. waiting it out. And I only want to go to the store right now for essentials because that's look. To be honest, I really only want to go to the store ever for essentials because I hate shopping. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's uh, that's it. We're one step closer to living on Tatooine. Welcome to the Rebel Scum Podcast. 163. <laughs> We're starting it off. All right. Let's, uh, we have another uh, chat in right now. 
our good friend Den Allen sent us a video with a thought that he has on on Star Wars and uh, Anakin and people in Star Wars. Let's play the clip. Roll the clip. Hello, Brock. Hello, James, Andrew, and all you rebel scumbags. Um, creating this video, and I'm not sure it will even be used ever. But I, I had a, like a significant thought when it comes to Star Wars, and that was that there is something about the old lady at, Rise, at the end of Rise of Skywalker that just, it stuck with me. It's, it's one of those things, and, you know, I, I'm a historian, and I, I, tend to, I tend to, like, think about how things look big picture across time. And, Star Wars is a great fictional universe where you can use those skills to kind of like overanalyze. And I know that's what I'm doing. I'm just overanalyzing um, these details. And one of the things that uh, I got thinking about while watching The Mandalorian was the episode where the uh, mechanic on Tatooine, the one that babysits Baby Yoda, she was a probably in her late 30s, early 40s, um, maybe mid-40s, and I was like, man, you fast forward like 30 years, and she'd probably be in her 70s or 80s, like, if she was like in her mid-40s or what have you, and like 35 years have passed or what have you, and like you add numbers together and you get numbers, and you know, the desert takes a toll on you, as we saw with Obi-Wan and a bunch of other characters, and like, the thing that the thing that crosses my mind is not that necessarily the the baby Yoda babysitter is the old lady, but I remembered from Phantom Menace that there was a little girl played by George Lucas's daughter named Amy. Now I'm wondering if this old lady is actually Anakin's old childhood friend. Which would explain a few things. It would explain why she like why she was hanging around that spot. She was like, Oh yeah, my old friend, you know, his mom lived here or what have you and oh yeah, I I knew uh Luke Skywalker who was Anakin's son and like like there's someone on the ground who might actually know the whole family story. And that absolutely intrigued me. I'll tell you immediately, I do not buy into the fact that that old lady was uh Shmi. I don't buy into that. Um, I don't buy into the fact that she was uh, Jabba. I do not buy into the fact that she is Padme. Like I like I've heard these theories and to me they're a little preposterous. But um, I do think that she could have been a shout out to um, the character Amy played by George Lucas's daughter. Um, so I decided to create this little video, share my theory, and see what you guys think. Um. If James is willing to share it, if he's not, he's like, oh man, this is, this is trash, and Dan, you need to go away, and you're no longer canon just like Andrew, that's fine. Um, it's just, I, it was an idea that popped in my mind, and I wanted to get it out there and share it a little bit, and um, Brock and James are the only two Star Wars podcasters that I actually know, and it could you know, maybe play with this idea a little bit more and see what they think and see what you think. So, uh, that's all I have to say. And 
May the force of others be with you. Thanks, Den. It's always wonderful to see you. Uh, and hear your I, voice. I always, I feel like I, there's always like a, like a moving box in his, the background of his video. I was like, take all that stuff out of those boxes. <laughs> uh, who knows? They might be files or something important. I know he does a lot of, he's still in school. And he's he's teaching. Of, he's teaching. God bless him. Yeah. Yes. Teaching. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I uh, have to any- say, our, I'm sorry, Brock, t- not to interject here, but we have uh, some of our, all of our Patreon contributors are fantastic individuals, clearly. And and there are quite a few, I can't name them all, but quite a few that do uh, a lot of, uh, uh, just that we didn't, I didn't even realize, but a lot of them are doing work and they're still having to work right now. Wow. Um, and going out to work and braving the conditions that is out there while you and I, I, I just want to say right now, we we joke a little bit over the top and we talk a little bit, but every, we everyone has a role to play. And right now we're all learning what those roles are. And for you and I, Brock, and a lot of others, it's to sit on our butts at home. <laughs> That's our role. Some other people have to educate. Some have to deliver parcels. Some have to work in other industries that need it, especially nurses and doctors. And I, Brock, I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to start tipping the cashiers at grocery stores. I'm not going to lie. If I'm, We're not going to restaurants. I'll give my my dime to the cashier. Your dime. Well, you know, I don't who has cash on them anymore. Don't you know? pay anything with cash. <laughs> exactly. They need to they should have the option, like tip option when you pay at the debit for it's filthy. It's filthy. <laughs> it's so gross. Has anyone ever thought cash wasn't gross? No. Exactly. It's always been gross. Ah, cash. All right, anyway, sorry. <laughs> thanks, Dan Brock. Yeah. Uh thanks, Dan. Um, I like this theory. It's very interesting because, I mean, it's, I feel like this is a typical Star Wars where we're like, how does this all fit together? And I, I think they're, I mean, you can easily say the woman at the end of Rise of Skywalker is just there. So Ray has someone to talk to or whatever, or just be able to say, I'm Ray Skywalker. Um, I will poke holes in this though, because the, your main point, then, is that this is Anakin's house, but it is not. Anakin never lived there. It was Klieg Lars' house, where Shmi moved in with him. But I can see the value of it. I think you're in the right position to be someone there. Like it's, But, like, he has no attachment to the house. Luke has attachment to this house, but, like, so maybe perhaps if she is this friend from Phantom Menace, then yeah, maybe she is looking out for the what was left of the Skywalker family. So that's I like I like that part of it. I think though, like, why did you you bailed on like Amy Sedaris's character from Mandalorian? And I'm like, perhaps or perhaps forget the old lady. Perhaps the woman. Uh, sorry. Her, uh, Amy Sedaris's character is that little girl from Phantom Menace. It, it, why not? Why not? Yeah, I liked what he does. For me, one of the things that I do like about Star Wars is that it is a soap opera and everything is kind of connected. Maybe sometimes yeah. a little bit too neatly, but that's one of the things that that I like about this Skywalker saga. I don't think the Mandalorian needs to be like that, but I like the idea that that she could have maybe been an homage to that because I I feel like the sequel trilogy still was missing a lot of. 
it's hard to actually even say that. It's missing a lot of the prequel stuff. But then if you think about it, the original trilogy was missing a lot of the prequel stuff because it didn't know about the prequels yet. So <laughs> it's kind of hard that way, right? Uh, but yeah, I really thought I thought this was really cool. And it, I, it's obviously not in the novelization, but I it would be nice if a comic book or something kind of pointed that out and kind of alluded to a fact like that. Just something yeah. small, something fun that they can do. We know we're getting more Star Wars comics that take place after this, or even you could do before. How long was Ray on Tatooine for? Okay, she went there to, to, to bury the, the lightsabers, and she maybe she left right after, but maybe she landed and she walked around for a little bit. We know that she checked out Lars Homestead. Maybe she went into Moss Eisley. Maybe she went to the cantina, got a tune, a drink, maybe. Maybe they're like, we don't like his kind here. To BBN, she's like, you will like his kind. And they're like, we like his kind here. And BB-8 goes in, and they all kind of have a good time. What happened to Dio, by the way? That's a question we all need to know, because he kind of disappears at the end. I Actually, now that I think of it, they walk off into this uh, Sunrise. rising suns. What about the Falcon? <laughs> it's just sitting there collecting dust. <laughs> or well, I believe in the comic that's coming out, they board the Falcon and go and leave and go on. Or I think in the, in the novelization, she goes on the Falcon or something, too. I can't remember, but they, they definitely make it a point to say that she's getting off of Tatooine and not staying there forever. Uh, but I love the idea of, of connecting the lady at the end of that with uh, with George Lucas's daughter or even Amy Sedaris from Mandalorian. Uh, bring it all together. Bring it, Maybe all three of them are the same character. Yeah. Why not? It's what Star Wars is good for, you know? It's like, it is the soap opera aspect of it, what we love to watch about it is, oh, how is this person connected to that person? Um, you know, when we went into Force Awakens, what do we all want to know? Who is Kylo? Who is Finn? Who is Rey? That's it. Because wow. what we know is everyone's connected to everybody. And then when they end up being connected, all we do is complain. Yeah. All we do is complain. All I do, all I do is complain. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. DJ Khaled. <laughs> That's how you know it's a DJ Khaled song when he says his name. Did you know that DJ Khaled is actually the best music? We're the bestest. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Do you think that Kylo Ren just out of the just to throw this out there, Brock? But Kylo Ren, were you? Do you yeah. think his character was all that you wanted? Or were you hoping for a little bit more or, or a little bit less? No, I think it was good. Um, I think that Rise of Skywalker takes a turn, unexpected turn after watching Last Jedi, but the way his character ends, I'm like, yeah, that's, that makes sense to me. I think it wraps it up. I think there could have been more, but, um, I, we've said this myriad of times where it's like, (laughs) there's no, there's no coming back for him. It's even though he does, you know what I mean? Like, it's like. Yeah. He's going to sacrifice himself. Like there's no there's no there's no validation of that. Like it's like, well, you killed a lot of people. <laughs> Do you just wish they gave maybe more description as to and I think you brought this up where he, there's no real reason for him to go yeah. bad. Like he's just like I'm bad now and you're like, "Oh, that was yeah, I mean, from all I can gather from what we've learned so far of the Solo family, it's like he's just mad because I don't know. Like, it's it's like I don't know why he's mad at his parents. Is he mad at his parents because they can't they couldn't make their marriage work? But then also, like, it sounds like their marriage fell apart because 
Ben went went crazy. He went evil. And then also it's like, so you're mad at Luke and now you're taking it out on the galaxy. I know that's a very generalization of what happened, but like, I I don't believe, I still think Kylo Ren is a liar. I think he redeems himself somewhat, somewhat, and all the, the Raylos are like, what? <laughs> uh, I think he redeems himself in Rise of Skywalker, but in Last Jedi, he's lying. He, we know he's lying because like, He's just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. They're, they're whatever. He'll say whatever it takes for people to mm-hmm. to go with the way he says. So, and then, like, the story of what happened between him and Luke, and we get two different versions, and then the third one that's like, who is telling the truth? <laughs> neither neither Luke in, in Last Jedi nor Kylo Ren are reliable in, when you think about it. I mean, yeah they show up when they need to show up but like it's i don't know it's i feel like it's just two egos going against each other like <laughs> would i like to explore more you know it <laughs> yeah I, I i i think one of the things that i like is that one of my least favorite parts of the force awakens was when they said that uh oh you wish your father was like han solo he would disappoint you or whatever. I always hated that part. I'm like, I thought we were past '90s deadbeat dads, you know? Like, I thought we were above that. And then, and it wasn't like they turned Han Solo into that. It was just like in general, I'm like really, that's that's like your reasoning for him to be like this is because he had a deadbeat dad. Uh, so, yeah. th- so these comments kind of made it at that, or even the novelization has made it that it was more Palpatine was kind of feeding him these lies, and Han Solo wasn't exactly a deadbeat dad. Yeah. Uh, so, I do prefer that to it because. Of whatever, but I, I yeah, I do wish we got more of a reason for why he was. I mean, he's conflicted, yeah. and it's like it's intriguing, but it's is it enough? And why is he conflicted? What and is like? Sorry to cut you off. Like even like I will finish the what you started, and it's like, well, what did Vader start? Yeah. Like, is is the plan take over the galaxy? Yeah, it's like they had a really easy in with Palpatine. Like, I'll finish what you started and it's to be Palpatine's right hand man and take over the galaxy. But that, mm-hmm. but then he's Maybe. like, I didn't even know Palpatine was out there, but he is. And you're like, what? Yeah. Huh. So, uh, look, uh, I just, I, I, I hope we learn more, especially now that the story is over. I hope there are ways that they can go around it and 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 just fill in the blanks and and fatten it up with more information now that because before i think they were afraid to do any of that because they didn't exactly know what was going to happen and they didn't want to reveal anything and this and that but now everything's been revealed so just go in and put the stuffing in the turkey and let us know what's up i was uh watching resistance today and i got the episode in season two where hux shows up and it's actually dom oh. gleason's voice oops sorry uh <laughs> yes uh and like it was great it's and it's not audio from another it's him talking new lines and it's so funny because there's at one point like an alert goes up because like Kaz is on the ship and they find him and they're chasing him and Hux is like what is this he's like so mad that there's like a siren going off <laughs> so good I'm like thank you and like like I said uh, yesterday Who today knows? I don't know, what day is it uh, resistance, like, give it another chance if you were like, I don't know, this doesn't seem as good. There's some really interesting details in there that, like, they're kind of giving you. And I was like, this is great. Nothing, like, 
monumental because if there was we would have known about it or not like the season's been done for a while like Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the details are what we strive for as Star Wars fans, so I enjoy it quite a bit, and I'm very impressed. I uh, I'm really really behind on it, and I'm looking forward to catching up on it. And I think yeah, I, I think I will. Um, I've just honestly I've been kind of busy with working from home. It's been I think yeah, it's exactly. crazy. Uh, anyway, you want to go over to the odds? Let's do it. Never tell me the odds. Uh, Today's odds uh, are brought to us by Palpatine. <laughs> That's what we should call our Patreons, the Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> There's a, a Palpatine tier, and oh, Heidi, cool. executive producer Heidi, is a member of that tier. Wow. Hmm. Well, our Patreons are wonderful people, and they support us and this craziness that we do on a now daily basis which is insane uh these people bring to you the odds today executive producer heidi feather barry brophy dennis allen mary Kristen, aton jeff wilson aaron quinton al schuler phil staniforth janet rubio rachel alford rule farm boy that's not usually where he is. Oh, <laughs> Sooner, yeah, well, we got two two upgrades. Thank you, Rural. Thank you, Sooner. Yeah, thank you. Uh, where was I? Scott D, Andy Higgins, Josh Price, Mason Hope. Matt W, Rez, Frank Perkins, Neil Lowry, D, Raven, Spencer, Gleek Play 1, Kayla Davis, Automated Joy, Charlotte, Mariah Weekland, Jericho Kane, Four Leaf Clover, Girls with Sabres, and the person who sent me a message earlier today or yesterday, whatever, saying, record with me, butthole. I got that message. Twice. Cool. Twice. Uh, like, how often are you on his show? I haven't been on it in a few weeks. Okay. Record with it me. Like every time we do this, you're like, record with me. He, so he, his first message says record with me butthole and the mm-hmm. second one i say i'm at work and his response to that is record with me butthole and two exclamation points <laughs> the exclamation points is what i was waiting for to actually record with josh so you know what we're too good for him americans <laughs> <laughs> where he's in philadelphia now yeah i was gonna say philadelphians actually <laughs> uh they have no actually he's in pittsburgh now pittsburgh Oh, oh yeah, the penguins, sorry. penguins, and Steelers. How dare they? Spoken of this black and yellow. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, today's last. Thank you everybody for supporting us on Patreon. It really means a lot to us. Also, it's April Fool's Day today, Brock. April Fools. Uh, good times. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. The first odd odds of Cad Bane appearing in Mandalorian season two. Possibly high. I'm gonna go fifty-five percent. I want him. I want. I wanted Michael Bean to play Cad Bane because yeah. that would have been cool. But it doesn't look like that's gonna be happening. Uh, I'm gonna go full Brock on it because I would. I, I think every. I think all diehards want Cad Bane in live action. Yeah, but like the problem with Michael Bean being Cad Bane is like. The voice is modulated, I assume. I don't think anyone actually... Yeah, but it's Michael like... Bean. But, like, that's the thing. At least if you're going to do voice acting... You know what I mean? I, I don't know. If you're going to do the voice acting, you, you kind of... Like, an actor like Michael Bean, 
he's someone likes doing typically live action. I, I could be wrong too, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a voice that like, because it's so modulated, like that could really be anyone. No, it's well acted, not crapping on it. So, yeah, I mean Michael Beans, you know, he's just Michael Beans. It wouldn't be him, but I'm gonna go full Brock on it because that's. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, the odds of Moff Gideon dying before the midway point of the second season of The Mandalorian. I kind of hope not because I'm yes. kind of tired of shows that like here's your villain now he's gone like Walking Dead that did that all the time and I was like mm-hmm. no thanks. <laughs> I would say he could get thwarted halfway through. Like I com- I think he could be like a Thrawn character where it's like he seems unstoppable, but our heroes somehow get away with get away from him every time, but they're still running from him. So uh, I'm gonna go five percent. I'm gonna go eleven point seven. But the Mandalorian is the kind of show that would do it. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like he's dead. What? And then Michael Bean's the next bad guy. Uh, final odd today, the odds of Sabine and Ahsoka series being live action. I could get behind that, I suppose. I mean, if we're going to deal with the fact that it's not the voice actors being these characters, then sure, why not? I mean, I, it it would surprise me if they didn't try to do some type of mm-hmm. Ahsoka live action, but... Maybe that character needs to be put to rest. Oh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. It's like, do we need it? But they keep talking about spinoffs of the show. And if you put Ahsoka in this, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to make her the spinoff. Right? And the thing with Ahsoka is, okay, people, I've heard people complain that she's overused now. They're like, oh, what's with Ahsoka? Oh, but, but diehards are the ones that know Ahsoka. The genuine general audiences don't know who who they are. The average fan doesn't quite know Ahsoka. They might have an idea, but they don't know Ahsoka. Her voice in the Rise of Skywalker. I'll bet you, if you ask your parents if you no, watch it with no. them, you know they would just be like, I don't know, a Jedi. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't have any idea. It have no meaning to them. It's because like, the voice of a Jedi, a dead Jedi. That's all. They would recognize Yoda, and that's yeah. probably about it. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the thing. Like it's it works because. It works for us because it's Ahsoka and it works for everyone else because they just think it's other Jedi. It doesn't matter who they are. Uh, so you bring her into live action, all of a sudden, now your parents know who she is. right? Now my parents know who she is. It's, it's a broader audience, a bigger audience. And I think a character like Ahsoka at this point deserves it. She's been the glue that's held these Star Wars stories together for so long. Uh, so I think it's about time. So if, that's if, she, if it's a successful show, then like this means... It's open season on characters that yes. have all lived somewhere else. Yeah. I'm going uh, full Brock on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go full Brock on it too because it's just like, maybe? Like, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe? Maybe? Maybe. All right. You want to have some fun? Sure. You want to bring some guests in? Some pa- yeah. Some Patreon pals? You know it. Yeah, let's go over to... Let's have a vote of no confidence. What do you think? A vote of no confidence? Oh, what two even. what two characters should we choose today? Uh I like Han Solo. I like but... Han as well. Han versus Han? That's Han ridiculous. Han versus Han. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. How about Han versus Kira? Ooh. That I never thought of. James, how do you come up with these ideas? Well, 
I don't know. I just, you know what? There's so many Star Wars things we could do. We could have arguments with. But we got our good friends coming up, Jericho and Rachel. Let's bring it over to a vote of no confidence. It's vote of no confidence. Damn. We got two guests with us today (laughs) to fight on Star Wars. We got on the screen right now is Jericho. Jericho's here. Hi, Jericho. Hello. And beside him or virtually beside him, it's Rachel. Rachel, how you doing? Doing good. Hi, guys. Hello. And Brock, are you ready to judge the spectacle? I'm always here to judge. I like to (laughs) have uh, preconceived notions, stereotypes, you know. I'm very woke. Yes, you are the most woke of the woke that I know. Uh, Today is, is Han versus Kira. Han Solo versus Kira. Skywalker. I would guess her name would be Skywalker. Oh, if this was it, right? It was, that's what it had to be Skywalker. Theory confirmed. Uh, that's how that works. That's how it works. All right, Rachel. That's who? That's, that's his head cannon. Yeah, it's my head cannon. Rachel, who are you representing on this match today? Uh, I'm totally representing my girl Kira. Kira and Jericho. That would leave you with literally I, next to one of my favorite characters. I that leaves me with. Han. Also Han Skywalker. Han Skywalker. Exactly. What if like when he went into the Imperial office and they're like, Han what? And he goes, uh, so I named the other game. And he goes, Han Skywalker. And then he's like, no! <laughs> Do you think that would have made a, a better addition to that scene? I don't know. I think it could have definitely <laughs> been confusing later on in the <laughs> series of movies. Like in the chronological order of everyone everyone is a skywalker including brock brock s the s stands for skywalker um what is the what is the actual debate who is a better character or who is a better i guess that's pretty much it like well i think they're both scoundrels in a way kira was a scoundrel to begin with and then she turned into like the coolest character Next to Han Solo, or was Han Solo the coolest character next to Kira? We're gonna find out. Brock doesn't yeah. know. I don't. No, I don't read the emails for this podcast. This one was made up twenty minutes ago. <laughs> yep, it was. <laughs> Jer- Jericho is flying from the seat of his pants. All right, so because of that, we'll let Jericho go second. So let's, let's get off with your starting uh, argument. Opening statement, Rachel. What is your opening statement for Kira? My opening statement for Kira is: How many times did she have to bail Han out in that film? Like, like a lot. Like, if it literally wasn't for Kira, that film wouldn't have gotten past the first ten minutes. Like, (laughs) it's ridiculous the amount of times that woman had to step in and save his butt. She literally, like, just, she she was just, like, one person that was like, okay, let's form a plan, let's make a plan, and then let's execute that plan, and Han's just like, no, I stole this, and I stole that, and let's just jump in the car and go. This is a man who pulled a rock in his pocket and tried to convince Lady Proxima that it was a detonator, and then when that didn't play out, kind of just improvised his way through it 
and then drug Kira along behind him. And meanwhile, she's just kind of like, plan. This was not what we discussed. I am not okay with this. You, you like, there is no coming back from this. So literally, as soon as he goes through that gate and she's stuck on the other side, thank you so much, Han. Enjoy your freedom. I'm going to be sold off to the highest bidder and just kind of work my way up through the ranks. But, you know, he went and became a stormtrooper. She went and became a lieutenant in Crimson Dawn and got taught Tara's Kazi, sword fighting skills. She She's a survivor. Legitimately, Beckett says in that movie, she's a survivor. She doesn't really have to depend on anybody else, whereas Han has to rely on Beckett, has to rely on Chewie, has to rely on people just so he doesn't get shot out of the sky, shot in the chest, cut into little itty bitty shrimp kebabs by Dryden Voss. It's a never ending stream of improvisation. He doesn't plan. He never has a plan. That's why like on Endor, when he said, hey, Luke and Leia were like, yeah, we know it's you. Like there is no plan. She she thinks ten steps ahead. She she's always on point, and she never ever lets her her opponent anticipate what she's going to do. It's always a surprise because she's always got that that mental acumen in in her you know just kind of sitting there thinking, okay, we could go here, there, there. They could do this. They could do that. How do I outmaneuver this person? And then on top of that, like it's inferred that she's been taught and is going to continue being taught by Darth Maul. So there could be some dark side force capability there. She could end up with a lightsaber. Technically, Blaster versus Sith Apprentice with a lightsaber, I'm pretty sure Han's cooked. Fair okay. okay, yeah. Brock, do you think oh, Jericho has a chance in this battle already? Like, Rachel just brought the heat. What do you think? There's a lot of great <laughs> points for Kira. I mean, she's somewhat unknown. I don't... Have they, I don't, they haven't really done anything book-wise. Mm-hmm. No, I guess not really. Kind of, uh, they should. Uh, they need to flesh out that character. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of good points there. But uh, Hansel is a wild card, so <laughs> who knows? Uh, Derrico, your rebuttal. All right. So uh, one of the things, the first thing you started with was the plan to escape uh, Corellia. Well, let's look at this. Um, I'm going to flip this because oh. who's the one who did escape? Han Solo escaped. He, Kira's the mm-hmm. one who got caught. Han did, yes, he used a rock. It was kind of a stupid idea, but he did escape and he did plan on coming back for her. Yes, he joined the Empire, but he escaped the Empire and got Chewie. Um, I don't so much see it as a reliance on Chewie or Beckett. I think he saw his chance and he took it. Um, He knew how to play his cards right. Um, he saw the opportunity that he had to leave, and he took that opportunity. He took that chance. He found his partner in crime, his best friend. Um, now, yeah, there was there was some things that he learned from Beckett, but you could say the same thing about Kira learning from Crimson Dawn or Darth Maul or whoever was kind of teaching her. It was kind of a similar thing. 
Um, Kira didn't make the castle run in less than 12 parsecs. So, um, neither did Han. The thing there. Okay, just whether or not that he rounded up and be like, I think, I think I it counts. Even Chewie was like, I think it counts if, if you round down. It's a very <laughs> if you round down, it say. counts. Um, Propaganda does not make fact. Propaganda okay. does not make fact. Okay? All right, let him so, finish. Let him finish. So you you made another point how um, Kira always thinks ahead, and how Han kind of just wings it and doesn't think ahead. Well, the ending of the movie Solo, the entire final um, fight between um, Han and and uh, in, what's the guy's name? Dryden Voss. Han was thinking ahead because he predicted that um, Beckett would betray him. He predicted um, that he did predict everything that would happen. So he didn't even have. Uh, so they sent all their guys out there. So it was just him and Kira and uh, Dryden Voss in the room. Now. Um. So he did think ahead. He and he and he told Chewie to that um, people were predictable, and he did predict Beckett, and he predicted the people that taught him, and he he was able to be prepared for it, and he did fight. He did do pretty well with the gun against the like lightsaber things that the guy had. Um, I I think that's probably my. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good for what everything that you said, at least that I can remember. I can't remember anything else, but all right, perfect. Rachel, Is you're it my turn again remote. because I have a <laughs> Are yeah, we are we going from solo or are we going from like you've the got entirety the character? Of... You, so you get you get to yeah. take the character. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't worry about the movie. Look, this okay. is I will say this. Rachel, this is this is your the weak spot for you is Han Solo has books and movies to go from. Kira has the one. So Rachel's in deep right now, but her opening statement was pretty intense. So we'll see what's gonna happen going for I will say this though, Han is dead, Kira's alive. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. All right. So Rachel, Rachel I, I, okay. Uh, technically, he does rely on he, uh, on Chewie. Like without Chewie, he wouldn't have even been allowed on the ship with back with Beckett. Like literally, they were just like, "Is that a Wookie? Like we should get the Wookie." Like just like he just tags along. Like he he latches on to people that he knows he can rely on. I've got to give him that for you know at least recognizing, you know, uh, somebody who knows what they're doing and actually can execute a plan properly and doesn't have to shoot their way out of every single situation that they get themselves into. You can totally tell, like, in that relationship, Kira was the one that out for Han. Han came up with all these harebrained schemes and ideas, like stealing a vial of coaxium out of a drop where you were going to make a deal for Lady Proxima and then onto that vial and Kira had that vial she didn't want to give it to the woman at the checkpoint until both of them went through and Han's standing there going do it do it just 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 do it she drops it in there and that's how she got left holding the bag because she 
carry out her plan. She was just sitting there letting him elbow her in the side, like, just go ahead and drop it. Let's, let's go. Let's go. And yeah, he meant to come back. But I mean, really, did he think going into the Empire was going to get him back to Corellia any anytime sooner? They were starting wars on different planets, like halfway across the galaxy. There was no way he was going to make it back to Kira in time. And he knew what was going to happen, surely, because he's seen similar things happen. She even mentions Crimson Dawn. Beginning of the movie, like that could that could happen to us. We could be sold off to Crimson Dawn. So that's her ultimate fear. And it, it, it happened because Han left her holding the bag. And he didn't just leave her once, he left her for years. So and whenever she meets up with him, she's just kind of become her own woman. She's in an organization where she's living a life of luxury. She has power. She has prestige. She's She's got all of this to her credit. She really stand toe-to-toe with any man that walks through that door. And Han walks in. And like Beckett tells, tells him about her. You can't trust her. Like, you don't know her. Literally, she's already been sat about above Han to try to figure out what she's doing. She's already, she, she can just sit back and wait for him to make the mistake. She takes out Dryden Voss. He fails on Han and Chewie, maybe because she had soft feelings for him, but it could also be because she was like, I want to step into Dryden's shoes. Like I can run this. She's been in this world long enough that she has power. Why would somebody had nothing their entire life gamble that away on somebody that literally gambles everything away in a game of sabacc only reason why he won the falcon in the first place was because he could count cards he was cheating so literally han's whole thing is what can i take who can i take it from and how do i get out of the situation i get myself in 24 7 Women have been bailing Han Solo out for decades. And when it wasn't a woman doing it, it was Chewy. Um, I think that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> if you're going to bring that argument into this. Um, but I'll let you finish before I say anything else. I'm, I'm finished. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. like, Flyboy does, has his own game plan, but ultimately Kira could take Con. She already did. Like she knocked him flat on his butt. If she had wanted to end him, she could have. Okay, so again, I I still I still think that Han, the fact that Han um came out on top, he he um he yes he is relying on Chewie but I would say that Chewie is just as much relying on Han um they're a team a duo and yeah maybe that's not part of the argument that Chewie's really in this but um I I still see it as Han Han knows how to play his cards and he knows like how to use people to his advantage um he did win the Millennium Falcon. Yes, it was cheating, but Lando was also cheating, and Han beat Lando at his own game. Um, Han later 
does learn like that he can't trust he necessarily can't trust everyone so i wouldn't say he's always relying on people um something that you brought up was that kira made her way to the top and that she's like up there right under the boss and han han isn't but han doesn't even have a boss han can do whatever he wants haunts his own boss um he doesn't need somebody telling him what to do because he can he can make his own way and figure it out on his own um he I want to say something always I'm sorry necessarily have a plan but it almost like always works <laughs> he's he's still um I mean he became a general in the rebel alliance so that has to tell you something I mean <laughs> is that is uh that the end of your rebuttal there Derek? that's the end of my rebuttal right Perfect. now yeah <laughs> all right rachel your final argument yes he became a general in the rebel alliance but how did he get that position he left when they're going to destroy the the death star if it hadn't been for some epiphany of either he was like I have a romantic thing with this princess. Maybe I could work that a little further. Or I, I, I don't know why he came back, but he left. That, that's the, like he left and then he came back. So let's just give him a medal and he left right at the end of it. Luke had already blown it up. It's literally classic Han Solo. It's I can talk myself out of anything no matter what the situation and he was cheating at that sabacc game before he found out that lando was cheating because he says in the movie that he, he there's no way he could have had that extra psylocke card they'd already been played so that means that han's sitting there every hand counting how many different cards he sees on the table gaming the system so if he was already planning on cheating the fact that doing it all along it kind of cancels itself out that's not planning that's being sneaky which if you really want to talk about being sneaky how many people did leia name or not leia but kira name off that she called on to do this job she saved han's butt three different times by interrupting beckett interrupting dryden and being like well, I think they're, they're, you know, we can't go to that vault. That's too far. Scarif is not an option. Uh, could Kessel. And immediately Han jumps on that idea. Like, oh, she said something that I like that's an option. Let's do that. The whole Kessel run thing. Like, really? That's the propaganda doesn't make fact. He's known for being untrustworthy. He, he, even Chewie goes like, you you don't always talk yourself talk your way out of something he doesn't he literally either kills them runs away or lets somebody else take the fall and it's classic survivalist but ultimately kira is going to survive for a lot longer i mean who fell down the shaft and was by their own son versus went on to possibly become a Sith overlord and rule all of Corellia. Like she, she literally became a queen kingpin by the end of Solo and Han stuck on 
an island. No ship. No way off. They ask him right then and there to join the rebellion at the beginning. And he's like, think about it, kid. I wouldn't hold my breath. So the fact that he eventually says, you know what? Maybe I should kind of side with these people. It, it's not the goodness of his heart. It's him looking for another angle to exploit. Perfect. Jericho, Ultimately, you're... Kira... Oh, sorry. More... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I thought you're. I thought Ultimately, you were... Kira has more. Tell when I'm going to interrupt you guys. So I kind of like pause for a minute to be like, am I talking <laughs> too <good>. much? <laughs> Kira. Ultimately, Kira is going to be the one that lasts on because I to people and to read signals that people may not pick up on. She knows how to make connections. She knows how to handle dangerous people. She knows that she can handle herself. Ultimately, she needs press harder to say, like I said, that she, she doesn't have some latent form of a form of force ability. If she's being taught by Maul, she's got to have something. Because I don't think the Sith are just kind of going around the, the galaxy going, I like the look of her. She looks, you know, kind of what we're looking for in that aesthetic. She would look good in black. She could rock the red. Let's bring her into the crew. Uh, I think more or less, she, you almost have to assume that she's got some form of force ability for Maul to become, you know, interested in her, to take her at the tail end of, okay, well, Dryden's gone. Great. You bring the ship and come meet me. We're going to start working a lot closer together. So I'd say ultimately, like where Han went into the rebellion, became a general, left, left his wife and son, then came back. Uh, how many times? I'm not sure, but apparently quite a few because Leia really said she didn't like seeing him leave. So that means unreliable, gets into trouble a lot, probably cost her a lot more money than she had to spend and getting him out of spots here and there when they weren't together because God help her. She probably heard everything that he got into. He has no choice in it. He, he literally is the strongest. He's, he's the strongest link in that friendship. Han may be loyal, but loyalty doesn't keep you from getting people killed. Okay. Um, Good luck, Jerry. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so your comment about uh, Darth Maul teaching Kira the ways of the Sith. Well, if I'm correct, Darth Maul is no longer a Sith at that point, so I doubt he'd be teaching her anything Sith-related. Um, he went into the crime lord business after that. So Crimson Dawn, he was like a crime boss doing that crime stuff. Um, and on to... So you said that Luke had already blown up the Death Star when Han Solo showed up. Well, that is actually not true because Han Solo helped get Darth Vader out of the way so that he could blow up the Death Star. Han came back because he knew it was the right thing to do because his friend needed help. Um, another time in Empire Strikes Back, Han was about to leave. He was about to take the money and go pay off Jabba the Hutt, but his friend Luke was in the cold and lost and needed help, so Han stayed and went out and helped him and found him. And then he ended up um, 
saving Leia. There was multiple other missions he went on in the books that were between the movies um, for the rebellion. Um, he became a general and he helped defeat the Death Star for a second time. He also, I mean, he he was like best friends with Luke. So he, he did care about people and he did help people. Um, yeah, he, he was still a bit selfish, but um, you could say that he cared more than Kira did because Han wanted to go back for her. And throughout the entire movie of Solo, if he didn't meet her in on that mission, I think he would have still went back for her afterwards. Um, so I think that he he would have. And, I mean, he did later have Ben, and Ben is a huge part into the whole, like, um, saving of the of the galaxy. And Kira isn't really connected to anything else. I mean, from what we know, she kind of just disappears after Solo. Maybe she does some stuff with Maul, but, like, nothing that hugely impacts the universe like Han Solo's uh, life does. I mean... He's legendary. Like Ray knows who he is. Ray knows who Han was and who the, what the Millennium Falcon was, um, and they know him as a great, great general in the rebellion. So I think he has a bit more of a what's the word uh, testimony for his uh, life than Kira does. So that's my that's my argument. All right. Great points made from both of you. Thank you so much. Brock, hearing those two debate, what are your thoughts right now? What If you could influence the watchers in the live chat and the commenters after the live chat, what would you say to them? It's really raised the point of, of are they diametrically opposed? Because they're both sort of agents of chaos, but in a different sense sort of you know what i mean like i feel like han solo is so chaotic in our saga that he seems to survive because he takes chances but kira is more calculated uh, i i would argue that she's still taking chances because she's dealing with crime lords but there's more calculation to it there's more there's always a backup plan with hand with hand Han he charges in like i a new hope. What does he do on the Death Star? A scene and he just charges right in. Ah, like that's Han to a T. Mm -hmm. Kira is more like, I have all the plans. So it's very, very interesting. I can't stress enough that we need a solo too. So we can. I know. I know. By the way, as we record this, somebody hit up John Kasdan on Twitter uh, and and asked about the status of Indy 5 and Solo 2. Was that you? <laughs> it was not me. It was not me. It was not me. It was not me. I was I was researching Han versus Kira stuff. It's probably red. <laughs> and anyway, John Kazan says his work on Indy Five is done, and he said there's no talk of anything solo two wise. He thinks theatrically it will be a hard sell, and the Disney Plus slate for Star Wars is packed, so there's no room for. It. So it doesn't I mean, look like for Star Wars content, but. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're getting a lot, I guess. I guess. I don't, I don't think quite enough. Uh, so 
uh, everybody in the chat, let us know who you think the winner is. We'll announce the winner on next week's podcast based on what everyone says in the comments below. And if your favorite character is Chewie, remember Chewie was not an option on this one. But I'm going to end it with a trivia question. Are you guys ready for a trivia question? Sure. Brock, you're going to love this one. It's from we do the trivia. We're going to, we do the trivia uh, on some of the, the lunchtime chats. We started it this Monday. So here we go. This is... Brock, I don't know if you're ready for this. I, who, wait, who, how, it's multiple choice. How tall was Bale Organa? It's <laughs> so random. Uh, A, 1.91 meters. B, 1.82 meters. C, 1.69 meters. D, 2.04 meters. Brock, I'll start with you. I'll give the guest time to think about this. I'm frustrated with myself because one, I live in a country where I should know meters, but I do not. You know what? And then it's meters and uh, kilograms and annoy <laughs> me greatly. And and also, I'm also frustrated with, with myself as a Star Wars fan because most of like action figures or any like info on characters does this as well. Where it's in in meters uh i don't I, I don't know how tall jimmy smith is with the jimmy smith? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who knows if that even uh, matters i don't know how tall blah 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 and, um but that's I, this was the first, i thought it was hilarious is 1.91 1. 1.82 1. 1.69 or 2.04 hmm that sounds like the Imperial Vault combination. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 1.69. 1. 1.69. Rachel, 1.91, 1. 1. 1.82, 1. 1.69, 2.04. 2.04. 2.04 from Rachel and Jericho, 1.91, 1. 1. 1.82, 1. 1.69, 2.04. 1. 1.869 or whatever that one was. <laughs> You just combine all of the numbers together. <laughs> the second to the last <laughs> Jericho, one. Was like, hey, it's like a, a combination. Uh, it's all like, of you are incorrect. Uh, the answer I is... I was right three, in all of them. 3.3 feet equals one meter, right? Uh, uh, yeah, so he can't. he's not two meters because that would make him Chewbacca size. That would make him... The, what was a what was half a meter? It was a womp rat? Wait, let's go. How many? <laughs> I don't like, remember that. <laughs> how many apples are you? <laughs> oh, I feel. So what was the answer? It's hold on. It's... Math is the path to the dark side. That's yeah, all yeah, I can for say. Sure, for sure. <laughs> it's one point one nine. One point. Oh wait, one, one point one point nine one. Uh, meters was the answer it was a 1.91 which makes him sure. 6.2 feet i'm pretty yeah. sure that's what i said nope you, <laughs> you actually had a variation of all the numbers except for that one so, <laughs> <laughs> congratulations all right that was a lot of fun i want to thank i want to thank rachel and jericho for joining us on vote of no confidence Brock has decided that the winner doesn't exist here. The winner is only who you choose in your I don't heart of take hearts. Brock doesn't <laughs> take sides. The, the Rebel Scum Pat the Rebel Scum podcast cannot be bought. Well, you tell that too. I can be bought. So whoever wants mm. to send me over a Reese peanut butter cup, I will eat that Easter Sunday. <laughs> I will dive right in and 
love every second of that. All right, Rachel and Jericho, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Brock, do you want to go over to the news? Let's do it. Hollow news. Da 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 da. Hollow news. Hollow news. Da 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 da. Hollow news. I hope you never find yeast. Now, don't God, I have a yeast story for you. Did I tell you? I don't know. Five-year-old yeast. I found five. Yeah, you told me that. I got, bread, like, I got bread machine like, yeast. I got bread machine yeast. <laughs> uh, today in Hollow News, the news you need to know. There's not a lot of news because everybody's staying home, and thank you very much. But one cool thing that happened was John Boyega pointed out how much he loves Disneyland slash Disney World. I don't know which one. I probably likes both. Uh, but he's done this in the past, apparently, before. But... For most Disney fans, they want to post, you know, rides and stuff. John Boyega posted a video that of him at Disney World, Disneyland, a couple of early in the last year, and it's him meeting Cinderella. That's it. I gotta give it up for him. It's like usually people don't point it like, "Look, I met a character," but that's a true Disney fan right there. He posted remembering the days when we could go to disneyland and then there's a video where he his friends are talking with cinderella and he's just sort of like i'm john Boyega." uh it's already at when i got this uh, news was two hundred fifty thousand views but i'm sure it's well into the millions go check it out if you're a disney fan you and you like john Boyega, now you're gonna like him even more i cannot wait to go back to disney I hope it's soon. Uh, um, and also, since we've been getting new Clone Wars episodes out every Friday on Disney+, Plus, there is there was always talk about what are we going to see. Uh, one thing, and with this link of this season to uh, Revenge of the Sith, we're wondering if they'll tie up any of the things that are mentioned in that. One being Yoda's relationship with the Wookiees. Uh, now, if you've ever seen the lost tapes, I believe they're called, of the unfinished animatics of season seven, uh, there was a, a scene where I believe Yoda is on Kashyyyk. Uh, there was, uh, yeah. reading here, the clips for, for what would have been the seventh season story arcs, one of which saw Kashyyyk face an invasion from combined Separatist and Trandoshan forces, the Wookiee populace couldn't fend off the attack on their own, Yoda and the Bad Batch would have arrived to help, to, which the natives would be hesitant to accept. They are, there would be an expand... The arc would have expanded on the mythology behind the Wookiees. There would be time devoted to their beliefs and spirituality. Eventually, the two parties would find common ground and combat their enemy united. This narrative would add depth to the Grand Master's words in the prequel. It would... Even include Tarful and Chewbacca, who helped Yoda escape the planet in the film. Unfortunately, due to time, this arc has apparently been stricken from the record. So I didn't even, I don't think I've ever seen any of the animatics of this stuff. Uh, it's a bummer because I'm a huge Wookiee fan. So it won't be there. So that's too bad. But you know what? Keep watching it on Friday because we. this is what we got for Star Wars right now. It's pretty good. I think if not, let me know in the comments and we can wrap about 
rap about Wookiees. And this has been your Hollow News. The Hollow News. That's the ending now to it. Top five. Top five. <sighs> top five. I didn't. I don't even know what. What is the top five? Top thing? five actors or actresses that could play Hondo Anaka live action. Oh, yeah, not yeah. named Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings is off the table. Obviously, <laughs> that's who we all want, but he is off the table. It can't be him. Hondo Anaka. <laughs> top. This is for Den, our good friend Den Dennis Allen, uh, who visited us earlier on with a video question. If you got, if anyone has a video question, send it to us. Rebelscumbags at gmail.com. I love that email. I don't know why. The fact that it's scumbags always like <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> so, I didn't know we would ever get an email on it when I created it. And hello, scumbags. That takes us back. Hello, scumbags. Uh, my number five to play Hondo Anaka in live action is the one, the only Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, I'm the Hondo. <laughs> <laughs> my number five is Johnny Depp just because yes. I'm like, he's a Johnny he, Depp he would do something random like he that. would just be like I'm a hondo I, uh, he, that's how he you can't see me I'm, I'm flailing my arms I'm hondo you gotta he totally changed it up uh, my number four he was great in Sonic the Hedgehog Jim Carrey <laughs> he, he, he'd bring a little bit more slapstick to hondo but I would totally be down to watch Jim Carrey as hondo and he would he do the awesome. voice too, you know. He would do the Hondo voice. He was also great in Sonic. My number four is Ben Schwartz. Yeah, Ben Schwartz. <laughs> I want to see Ben Schwartz as a Jedi. Yeah, he wrote jokes for three PO. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, and he did the voice for BB-8, or he helped with the yeah, voicing. But of that. I don't. Not in the second one though. No, no. Just uh, hater. And number three. Yippee Kaye. Bruce Willis. You can, <laughs> can imagine Bruce Willis in that makeup. I would be on board with that. He's not tall enough, but I'm gonna say Danny DeVito at my number three. <laughs> it's like the right like personality, I think. Yeah. I think so too. My number two, uh he was in Ninja Turtles, he should be in Star Wars. It's Sam Rockwell. I like Sam Rockwell. He would just bring, he would bring like a, he's in Iron Man 2 and he's in Maid. For those of you, I'll bring up Maid again. He's in that. So I would say Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Three billboards out of Hondo Anaka. <laughs> yeah, he was really good in that. So there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> J.K. Simmons. Why not? Nice. That is I a nice one. Me. Yes. Wanting to wear all that kind of makeup and all that. Yeah, yeah. CG it on. He's just like CG it on. Put dots on my yeah, face. Yeah, like CG. it, right? Like, yeah. Uh, what's your face? Uh, like Ahsoka. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, from Avatar, the the female Avatar. The Navi. Navi. What? Who? What's her name? Um, Gamora. Gamora. Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. She didn't wear any real blue at any point. So okay. But she wore a lot of green on Guardians. Oh yeah. And my number one. You've already said. The greatest actor of our generation, every other generation, put him on stilts. It's Danny DeVito. <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> Mini Me. Remember that in gold gold member? Yeah, yeah. He, hey, it's me, Mini Me. Come and get me. He would be the best Hondo. I'm all in Danny DeVito, and I hope he wins an Emmy for it as well. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go my number one just because I'm like, I, I don't know. It is hard to get past the Jim Cummings voice. You're like, yeah. who sounds like Jim Cummings? You're like, Jim Cummings. You're like, eh, yeah. uh, I'm going to go Alan Arkin. I want to go with <laughs> not Grizzled is in the right way, but like the weathered older actor. Yes, yes. For some reason. He, that's a good. <laughs> it's thinking... the voice. Yeah. It doesn't matter of the body type per se. It's the voice yeah. and that personality, right? So Yeah, Alan Arkin would be great. He's a great actor. I just watched something with him the other day. I can't remember what it was, though. Guess that shows how meaningful that was. <laughs> Am I... Was it Grand Best Hotel? Because I feel like that's the last thing I saw him in. <laughs> Ooh, that's a great movie. No, I would yeah. remember that. That was a great one. Is the Wes Anderson, new Wes Anderson movie coming out soon? Is that even coming out anymore? His movies, look, I love his movies and I like seeing his movies in the theater, but they're like, they could be straight to digital nowadays. Timothy Chalamet is in this movie, James, mm-hmm. with Saoirse Ronan. Uh-huh. And there's like a universe of them, those two now, so it's like, you know it's coming out. Uh, but who knows, delayed, right? Yeah, so Ghostbusters uh, and something else, we're all, we're all next uh, year now. They've all been delayed yeah. to 2021, which I think makes sense. You know, I don't know. You never answered me. I don't think. Are they done shooting that movie? Yeah, it was supposed to come out in July, I believe. Right. Okay. I think. Look, the problem we're in right now, and one of the problems I think with celebration, unfortunately, is it's going to be in this time period of uncertainty, where this might be on a decline. It might be on a fast decline. It might be far, far along on a decline for all we know by August. But the problem is, there's an uncertainty of will it come back? Are people going to be comfortable in large gatherings? So movie theaters, I think, are going to be free. Like, you know, they're they're in a tough spot right now. Are people going to want to gather with other people? I know uh, there's um, artists and musicians in concerts, and they're like, do I want to go? Do I want to perform? Are people going to come and watch now? Like, are people going to be afraid of large crowds? And we're in this. So I, I, for me, movies right now, theatrically, 2021 makes sense. I know Wonder Woman is pushing for August, but they're not. it's not going to make money in the theater. I mean, it'll make a couple bucks, but it's not going to make – I, I, you know what? A movie's not going to make a billion dollars for a long time again. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Avatar. I, you son of a. They they need to start rethinking like, because like that the that success based on that is just sort of like, mm, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I understand money means everything, but like, well, they need to make money. The the problem is, you take a movie like Black Widow and it costs you two hundred million dollars. You've got to make yeah. that back, and plus marketing and all that stuff. You got to make that back. And right now, the climate of of that, I don't know, if mm. movies are going to be able to make that kind of money financially in the theaters for a while. Sure. So, I mean, I get it. It's I, I will. I I'm not trying to sound irresponsible here, but this like the second it's safe to go out, I am trying to live my life as normal as possible. Yes. Like, like once it's safe, <laughs> we got to go back to normal folks. Cause half of us, half of us rely. And that's not me trying to be selfish. Half of our lives rely on us being out in the world. And I, I think a lot of people will agree with me, but we got to wait till it is. But safe. to get to that point, everyone's got to stay inside. But it's like, you know, like, I think they need to start think, rethinking the model when it comes to movies. Because, like, look at Tiger King. Like, one, it's perfect that it's so interesting and now everyone has time to watch it. But you can't tell me if you release the new Wonder Woman on Netflix, people would, like, 
flock to it. So the question is, is it still considered a success if we're watching it on a streaming service and not paying for a ticket? Like it's a different type of success. I heard the yeah, Oscar, the exactly. Oscars might change their rules because you have to it has to spend a week in the theater in L.A. or yeah. or New York uh, by the end of the year, and they might change those rules uh, for this year, which makes sense to me. I mean, look, and, you change the rule for one year, you change it for one rule, one year. Chill. Yeah, yeah. It's it's in sports talk. We can put an asterisk on everything that happens this yeah, year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. James, what a wonderful podcast where we almost barely talked about Star Wars. <laughs> we talked about it enough. People are happy that we are here. So I just did something with OBS. Is it still recording? It is. I don't know. Yay. The screen went crazy, but we're here. I'm James. He's Brock. This is the 163rd episode of the Rebel Scum podcast where we talk COVID-19 like gentlemen. <laughs> we, we won't omit the COVID. <laughs> My aunt, aunt calls people covid I'm like... <laughs> I actually got mad uh, with Aaron the other day. That's right. I got mad. Not with her. But people are posting like, uh, the city it's are coming to town and taking up, you know, and I'm like, yeah, if I had a cottage, that's where I would go right now. And there are articles saying don't go to your cottages. But Brock, let's be honest. If you lived in a condo downtown Toronto, but you had the chance to go to a cottage, where yeah. would you go? In the condo filled with people who are definitely not clean or to a cottage where it's just you. Yeah. Get the exactly. hell out of town. Legit isolation. <laughs> yeah. That's the de- and you know what? If you buy a couple of produce from those stores, that's fine. You're paying property rent or yeah, property yeah. rent just like everybody else. You have a right to be there. That's how I felt about it. Just don't cough in my general direction. Yeah. <laughs> Wash your hands. And if you got extra yeast, give me a call. <laughs> Just uh, maybe maybe next week or the week after or whenever right now week after two weeks from now the easter bunny will show up oh brock's hilarious the easter bunny i've been sitting on that all show oh wow. james end the show <laughs> you know what i will because you were always scum rebel scum hey scumbags thanks for watching don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video as always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.